Testing. 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 This is an emergency recording. (laughs) (laughs) Phillips is doing her best podcast. an emergency. It is Friday, February 4th. This is just an emergency. It's not a test. Yeah. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. And we're probably... Fucking emergency. Not going to be able to edit this, so please don't either of us say anything that would cause one of us to have to suspend the other one for two weeks. Immediately immediate cancellation. (laughs) Or or just immediate cancellation. (laughs) I mean, and also since we self- produce and put this out it would be we would just be it would we would literally be canceling ourselves yeah which we would do by the way if we deserved it honestly i would take a fucking time out <laughs> okay oh. first of all this is we have we're gonna make it quick because i am going to work and I, I have a late night again tonight and cricket's gonna come home from school in a bit so i do want to see cricky is before i have to jet off to work and shimmy my your differently your- sized body into a wardrobe that stayed the same size. Listen, guys, it's all happening. Um, so it's going to be, this is going to be in a quick emergency podcast, but we just felt like we had some things we needed to go over. Okay. First and foremost, my, me. Yeah. Let's just get into me. I went to the knee doctor today. Yeah. My knee surgeon, my, you know, my good knee, remember I was telling you, my good yeah. knee was in pain. And we had all this dance stuff today because we're at the end, so close on the end of the show. So close. So close. And yet, so far. <laughs> so, I knew I only was in this like one scene at the end of the day today. So the knee doctor was like, you should go get a cortisone shot in your good knee, quote, unquote, yes. good knee. Um, and that should take care of the pain. And I was just like, I can't even explain to you how exhausted I was. Last night, we did, like, the big finale performance, like, crazy. It's so, it's, I honestly, I have a feeling that it's going to be a thing where then I see it and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) But in the moment, I really did feel like we were living our pop star fucking dreams. Like, we had, (laughs) James came back to choreograph for us and she, like, just threw together such an intense thing and we were at terminal five here in new york which is like a iconic place lizzo played at terminal has played at terminal five it's iconic it's iconic and it was just like kind of a dream but anyway so i had this appointment to go get the shot it's not my surgeon that does it it's another doctor who specializes in just this thing just the shots well they do an ultrasound to make sure they get the shot in the exact right place. Sure, and then they're, sure. it's not, they're not just going in there willy nilly with a needle in your body. I, sh- I should hope not. No, not at this point. Anyway. So the guy comes in and he's like, well, there are two doctors and they come in and they're like looking on the ultrasound at my whatever. I don't even know what the proper term is. Tendons, things, items, whatever. <sighs> Muscles. And he was just like, it looks okay. And I was like, you know what? My knee hasn't been hurting the last couple of days. Like it just hasn't. And so then I was like, well, just, I don't even know what this is. Talk to me about what I'm doing. What is this? What am I going to do? What's happening? And he's like, well, it's, it's either going to be helpful or it'll be diagnostic. And I was like, well, all right. 
But then he was like, but before we do it, I do want to like just tell you the possible side effects. Like with any side, you know, with any shot, you could have, there's a risk of, of infection or blah, 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 blah. But yeah. we use a small needle. It's an inject. You're probably, that's probably very minimal. Right. The one thing I will say though, he continues on. Occasionally with this type of shot, your pain will get worse for the next week or so before it gets better. I was like, oh, the next week or so when I'm finishing this, the hardest job of my life. (laughs) And then immediately flying to Sweden. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I know I've been here for roughly two hours for an appointment that was, that I was told was going to take 35 minutes. Uh, but thanks so much. It's not going to happen today. Bye. Wow. <laughs> so wow, I got wow. off the table. I just made the call. It was a game time call. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself because that is definitely a thing that in the past I would have been like, oh no, did I make the right? And I just was like, I'm not, no, it's right. not, I'm not even going to risk it. Yeah. You made that call. I made the call. I will say my knee hurts terribly right now. Oh no. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. It's fine. It's but let's let's um call to order this emergency meeting. Yes. Yeah. Wh- why we had to. I mean, you were up and you were texting me before my eyes were open this morning. I've been missing a lot of pop culture news because yeah. of my my job, I just don't have as much time to 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 scroll, yeah, to see to, to see the stories pop up, which is great. To be, to be, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's it's probably great. Here's what I've been seeing, and I ha, I, I have been having a little bit of like a melty, yeah, this week, yeah, about the book burning. It's not great. Which is like, yeah, to be fair, that's like, it's like pop culture mixed with politics, mixed with history in the making. We're burning fucking books again. The book burning is the first thing. So we talked, so we briefly touched on the Whoopi Goldberg of it all. And then the second that we ended the podcast, I feel like she'd been, she was suspended for two weeks, which while we were saying she was wrong to have doubled down on Colbert and she was right to have apologized. I feel like that should have been it. She apologized. Let me tell you something else. That Megan McCain said a lot of untrue bullshit that was very detrimental. And here's another thing I'm going to say. I need to say it. These shows are fucking ruining us. They're ruining us. They're like ruining our brains. Yeah. Well, productive conversations that are like actually big, like much larger nuanced conversations and making them so reduced and so, and turning it everything into a death match. Yes. Is, has led us where we are in this, it has led us to the, the book's, being burned. Yes. Yes. I have no doubt in my mind of that. Yes. Because also like this is um, a show where the view is a show where it's supposed to be a discussion and that's what happened. So like, even if you think that Whoopi was wrong 
in what she said in her side of the discussion, she was like uh, abruptly corrected by other women on the panel. And, you know, so, but so then to like suspend her seems weird because like, I can't remember anyone ever being suspended from the view before. I, and as you said, Megan McCain said a lot of inflammatory. I mean, it- Megan McCain said, perpetrated the myth of late stage abortion being like doctors taking babies out of, you know, cold hearted women who didn't want these babies stomachs and murdering them. Like that is so fucking nuts that she got away with that shit, which is like, that is insane. It's not true at all. And it's no, guys, not like, oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, I just want to say to you, it is not true at all. That is not, not true, true at all. At all. And she was never made to say, oh, I misspoke or I, uh, you know, I'm sorry that I said this thing that was like, well, I guess because like women who get abortions aren't uh, like a people. You know, Do you understand what I'm saying? They're like, they're individuals, but there's not like a unifying, I don't know. There's no, there, nobody is speaking up on behalf of women who have had abortions. I am. Hi. You are. You are. But but you, also women have written articles who've had to endure, endure, yes. endure a late term abortion. Yes. Yes. But Termination she, of a, of a thing that is just Honestly, I can't even imagine. Yes, it's it's horrible. But I, I just it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I mean, well, we said it all before. I don't think uh, that Whoopi intentionally made a a mistake or misspoke. She was saying what she understood, and she was really promptly uh, debated with by her by her castmates and castmates is that co-hosts and um i i didn't love it that she doubled down and but then she immediately apologized the very next day and it's just weird to me because then now we're getting into like a whole other discussion on like the was it the first day of black history month right and it's obviously yes and i mean i okay (sighs) so many things to unpack here yeah she's gone for two weeks Number one, the fact that a black woman on that show has been suspended for two weeks when I don't know, I'm not a real, I mean, I did read that book about The View. Yes. But I don't know The View's history. Has anyone ever been really suspended from The View? I don't. I mean, they fired Sherry Shepard, right? Yeah. So the only other person who's ever like had action taken against them was another woman of color, a black woman. Well, I mean, our friend Michelle Collins was let go from The View. Oh, she was? I didn't know that. Yes, because of uh, she made a joke about nurses. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Which wasn't well-received. But also, Michelle wasn't like a long-standing host of The View. She was on the show very briefly. Um, and, you know, and certainly people have been let go from The from the View for, for various reasons. Um... But this, Wait, I got to make sure these lentils aren't burning. Oh, God. <laughs> so um, this is an unedited emergency podcast. So now 
you uh just checking. We're just keeping you updated on the status of well, business. Remember the Rothy's gift gift basket they sent me? Yes, it had lentils in it. It had like all the ingredients to make lentil soup. And- I, I gotta say. I mean, mm. I love Rothy's. I have a pair of Rothy's shoes that I also got for free at one point for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, uh, and I love the shoes, but I was a little puzzled by that gift basket. I, I don't understand the tie-in, but I will say this. <laughs> like a lentil soup in a, in like, a bag. Yeah. I, mean, I think that they, you know what I think it was trying to imply? Like you can like, shop with this bag yes. and buy. Let it be your, like, let it be your new farmer's market yeah. bag. Carry That's your heavy, what I think. your heavy jars of lentils. Your like, lentils and your farmer's market fresh spinach. Got it. Got and it. your okay. cilantro. That's what I think. Not for me. And, I'm not putting cilantro in any oh, bag, no matter oh, what it's made of. But, um, okay. I get it now. I'm sorry. Rothy's, I apologize. Well, anyway, it's so interesting because the Whoopi Goldberg statements really came out of the discussion they were having about book burning. Yes. Which is so fucking wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that this is all sort of like, it's all a piece of a thing. Yeah. 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 And we're almost smart enough to crack it. We're almost smart enough to crack (laughs) it. But, um... Yeah, I just, I mean, who would have thought that we'd ever be here? Again, again. Like, it's just, I mean. I guess, honestly, a lot of people, including the people that are like, history is doomed to repeat itself. And if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat your same mistakes. Yeah. And um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. And I mean, we're sure not going to learn from history if we're burning books about it. Well, that's. That's for damn sure. We're sure not going to learn about history if we're forbidding that it be taught in schools. The real history. The real history. And like, here's the thing. Like, we're of a generation where we were receiving this really whitewashed. Uh, oh, what happened? It just became so pleasantly quiet. What? On, oh, really? your, on your end. Yeah. Listen, Is there a truck outside know. or something? Who knows? Who knows? I'm just going to enjoy it. Uh yeah, we we didn't receive like a, a fantastic historical education. We learned a very For sure not. whitewashed version of history. And now a lot of us feel like very upset that we're, you know, learning about things in hindsight. And uh and now it just seems like nobody wants to teach any type of version of history at all, except for like, you know, celebrating our founding our flawless founding fathers. But uh, guys, they weren't flawless. Not fla- flawless at all. <laughs> not flowerless. Not flowerless and certainly not flawless. They actually might have been flowerless when you think about it. I don't it. know. I don't, didn't they wear like powdered wigs? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know what that I'm powder serious. was. They did. They did. I don't know. What don't you p- think that powder was probably flour? This is a good question. I bet we can find this out. Wig historians, know. get at us. Hit us up. Hit us up. Um... But this is but this is like endemic to me of the entire thing, which is like we have such an intolerance for nuanced discussions yes. and allowing for 
things to have air and space. And even, which I just did right now, guys, I just let it have air and space, get it? (laughs) But, and even to the fact that like, and I didn't get an answer on this and I don't know, and I don't know if it particularly matters at this point. Like was Whoopi Goldberg already booked on Colbert for that night? Or did, or was that a call made after the comments that morning? Right. Because that to me is, that is part also of the thing. This idea that like every action immediately demands another action, you know, where, where I think that, and because I mean, like, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg is an anti-Semitic person. And I think I have, I was having this conversation at work yesterday when Yancey said that I should have a talk show. <laughs> wow. That's a real like, ego check from he's like, Yancey. Busy. I am. I'm just hearing about it now all day today. And I was like, Yancey, I loved it. It was honest. <laughs> and it, and it keeps me honest. Um, and also I appreciate that you think that I could have a talk show. Yeah. Right. Cause you know what? The people at E decided I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yancy's Yancy, th- that really crystallizes the problem with the, that we faced, right? A lot of people probably think that you would be great at having a talk show, but we just, we weren't getting it out there to those people. But you know what I have instead? A podcast, a podcast, an emergency you. podcast that we can just do whenever we want, which because we doing. have it's an emergency. Um, but my mother texted me the next day after the after everything, yeah. But before our podcast had come out, and she was like, "Oh my god, what do you think about the thing?" And I was like, "Mom, this is like a very nuanced conversation. I don't like. I, I don't." I, I also am just like in this moment in our country when there are like actual Nazis right. threatening right. people on the streets right. and there's a rise in anti-Semitic beliefs and rhetoric right. and, and misinformation. Um, like, I just think that these shows, like all of them, not just The View. I think all these shows need to stop. Well, these are not conversations that we should be having with one or two minutes allotted with a producer in a headphones telling you to wrap it up as fast as you can to move on to the next thing. They're also not conversations. And this ties into everything we always talk about in entertainment. These are not conversations, which really we should be having in that way, in that broad way, without someone there who is representative of the group. Yes. Or who's a fucking expert. Who's an expert. Who an can, actual expert. Yes, because that would have nipped everything right in the bud. It, somebody who was able to say, no, actually, this is whatever. Because there's still like, you know, people have given really nuanced explanations for like Jewish experts have given nuanced. Oh, I've read so many of yes. them now. And I'm like, I love everything that I've read. Yes. And by the way, I've learned so much. Yes. Explanations of why they can understand 
why Whoopi thought what she thought and why it is in some ways incorrect and how complex Jewish culture is and what it means to be. Well, that it's not just a culture. It's not right. just it's a religion. It's not, not just a race. It's not ex- like it's like sort of exists outside all of the labels that Western, the Western world wants to put exactly. on it because it is exactly. like an ancient Right thing that exists. And and unfortunately, those are conversations that you can't have in one or two minutes. And they weren't prepared to have that conversation. And they were probably trying to move on to the next topic. Um, And so, unfortunately, the explanations come after the fact when you have to respond to like an incident that happened. And so we're seeing all these explanations. You and I are seeing them, but I don't know that everybody who sat down and watched the view on that day are like reading some, you know, 20 tweet thread by an expert on Twitter. (laughs) I'm like, you don't think they are following Rabbi Sharon Bruss from (laughs) the Ikar temple in Los Angeles? I don't know. I would hope so. Well guys, if you, if you aren't, Highly recommend a follow. Yeah. That's why, and you know, listen, I mean, thank goodness for Rabbi Sharon Bruss and all of the Jewish people that were so generous to like, you know, educate people that wanted to hear, like, here's what the brouhaha is and, and, um, and here's an explanation. And it really makes a lot of sense. Um, but I just think that like, even with this little podcast, like I, we have to be careful, you know, what we're saying and we can't, I can never, unless something is directly about me, I don't think mm-hmm. I can ever state I 100% know this and this is like. Well, here's here's what I 100% know, that my then 12-year-old, Bertie Silverstein, after January 6th said, those people would kill me. Those people want me dead. And I, we talked about this on the podcast last year after that yeah. insurrection, which the fucking Republican National Committee committee just declared. What did they say? What are the words? The exact words. I have it right here. Oh, no, I deleted it. Sorry, New York Times. <laughs> well, there that is- it was that it wasn't a. Uh, it was like a, it was like a, it was fine. Basically, they're the like, RNC the... said it was no big. It was no big. I, I will find the exact words maybe. Oh, Republican Party declared the January 6th attack, quote, legitimate political discourse. Okay. And censured Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for investigating it. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. And wow. And but, but anyway, wait, but back to my what I was going to say about the wait, what do you are you do you have something else? See, guys, this is what we we normally this edit is, this out yeah, where we where we fight about who's gonna talk next. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like, not only was our Liz Cheney and our friend Adam, he's not our friend, he's also a Republican still. We don't know him at all. Um, they're being censured from <laughs> I love that you tried to make that happen, though. Our friend, our (laughs) Our friend friend Adam, Adam. friend of the pod, (laughs) Um, are being censured. Uh, Rudy Giuliani fucking was on The Masked Singer. Oh, my God. 
I literally cannot with that. That was so fucking nuts where I was just very grateful that when they asked me years ago if I would be interested in being a, a guest or not a guest judge, a judge on that show. Do you remember this? I don't remember. Was this before Busy Tonight? Maybe. I don't, I don't remember when The Masked they... Singer started. I was asked if I was interested in like wanted to be a, a judge. judge. And I was wow. like, uh, no, I, do, I really don't want to do that. I mean, listen, the show is a massive hit and it's interesting. Casey? Like, Casey? What? To what end? To what end? This to is what, what I'm end? Like, this is where I get very agitated about these things because like, did we need Sean Spicer to be on Dancing with the Stars? Is Sean Spicer... Absolutely not. Is Sean Spicer a star? Or was no. he the, the White House press secretary who lied, boldly lied every day of his job. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, why, what, to what end? Yes. Why is Rudy Giuliani on the masked singer? Why are we? But also I was just talking about myself. Why, to what end would I be a judge on that show? Like, what am I, what am I, why? What, to what end? What am I, I need that money? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it would be nice, but like, would I be able to sleep at night? Probably, but I just, it just, but I wouldn't feel good about myself. But you know this what I mean? What I, Do I, I, anyway, this is a whole tangent. We don't need to go down. Anyway. No, here, here's what I want to say about things like this though. The masked singer, like whatever you think of like, if you, if you think it's corny or you think it's like the best thing since sliced bread or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. No judgment on you for liking the construct of that show. It's a fun show. Funny costumes, funny judges, People who are famous sing and you it's a guessing game and then you're surprised at who it is in the end. That's a fun concept for a show. So whether it's highbrow or lowbrow is of no consequence. And like I'm saying in, in terms of just what the show is, the idea, it deserves to be a hit. But where we go wrong is then when we use a show like that and enter a benign, fun family show to like legitimize <laughs> and, and rehabilitate the image of someone who has done harm to our country. Harm! Harm! But then, but then here's where it gets confusing. People will say, you're doing the same thing as burning a book. You're saying, because of what you believe, Rudy Giuliani doesn't deserve to be on The Masked Singer. Right, but what we believe is right. (laughs) (laughs) This is where it gets fucking complicated. It's not that complicated. It's not. It's not. It actually is not. It's not. And I'm open to having nuanced conversations. And I can fucking get down with some... uh, fiscally conservative motherfuckers who want to like talk to me about why blah, blah, blah. Fine. I get it. What I can't take is that you think that the way that your beliefs and the way that you want to live your life is more important than anyone else's and is the only way that it can be. And that you're going to pass laws and you're going to prevent people from living the lives that they want. To, that is that is antithetical to what the entire fucking point originally that the guys with the flower in their hair 
we're trying to do minus the inclusion of women, you know, women, all uh, people of color, all people of color and, um, yes. And indigenous peoples. Yeah. So we started out with a, <laughs> with a kind of bad recipe. And I mean, when you think about it, this is the mushrooms talking. When you think about it, <laughs> I wish I had some fucking mushrooms right now. <laughs> oh when you think about it, considering what we started out with, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. Like this country oh, right. is founded right. on fucking hypocrisy and right. what is good for right. me is right. not for thee. And so it kind of makes sense. And so what do we do is the question. And what are we willing to do? And are we moving to Sweden? (laughs) No, because Sweden has fucking problems too. I mean, look at the whole world. Everywhere has racism. Everywhere has misogyny. And like, is it great that some countries have single payer health care or universal health care? Yep, it's great. But those countries still have the fucking colonialism and problems that we have here in the United States. So there's nowhere really to run to. We have to stand and fight. But nowhere to run to, baby. Nowhere to hide. No, no. Like but- they told us in that song. Yeah, but I don't love uh, Rudy Giuliani. um. But here's where, Casey, I wanted to talk to you about work stuff. And we haven't even gotten into the Kanye posting that thing, which is so fucking bonkers. And then Kim's response. And then Kim's response. And also, guys, also, I don't know why Kim, I mean, bless. But like... I almost commented on Kanye's post. <laughs> My, I almost commented, maybe don't post this. Yeah. So to like, to, in case you didn't see it, Kanye posted. He sort of crowdsourced. He posted on Instagram. I'm he coming, crowdsourced. <laughs> I'm coming to the internet for advice because my daughter is on TikTok. No, 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 no. Wait, what did he wait. say? We got to say it exactly. Yeah, say it exactly. Because this I'm is... paraphrasing. This is one of the wilder... This is when I was like, emergency pod commenced. Yes. Uh, wait, that's Raymond, not you. Sorry. <laughs> um, it, okay. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's the response from Kim. Oh, my God, which was nuts. Um. Wait, did I send it to you? You did. Where'd it go? How did he make it disappear from my pictures? Oh, that's interesting. I don't... Wait, you guys, I'm not even kidding you. Did he make it disappear from my pictures? (laughs) Guys, what's happening? This is the same... I still have it. Kanye West said, since this is my oh. first divorce, I need- since this, it's all caps. So I found it. Since this is my first divorce, I need to know what I should do about my daughter being put on TikTok against my will, question mark. <laughs> and I mean, first off, first thought that comes into my head, do not be posting about it here on Instagram. Yeah, you just made... That's number one. Yeah, you just got her another million followers on TikTok. Number one. I mean, I can't. That is... <laughs> it's like, honey, go put in your... Like, I I knew it was too good to be true when he posted that thing about NFTs. Yeah. 
I knew it was too good to be true. But like, it's just like put in your cat eyes and go stick your tongue down that girl's throat for a minute and just like, yeah, shh, just, it's, just, it's all right. Shh. My favorite response, uh, I was reading through some of the Kanye, the comments on Kanye's post and a lot of people said the same thing you are like, well, the first step is like, don't post this on Instagram. But somebody said, um, I'm 17. I'm not ready for these questions. <laughs> okay. By the way, fair. I, it made like, me, I'm into your shoes, man. <laughs> like I like it made me laugh so hard, but then really funny. Kimberly's really funny. response also got me because Kim posted on her Instagram story. Kanye's constant attacks on me in interviews and on social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North might create as the parent who is the main provider and caregiver for our children. I'm doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creativity in the medium that she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. Wow. But it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Um, and she's very measured in her words. But my favorite is the last line where she said, I wish to handle all matters regarding our children privately. And hopefully he can respond to the third attorney he has had in the last year to resolve any issues amicably. And I'm like, that's so passive aggressive to point out that he's gone through three attorneys. Oh my God. Wait, he just responded 56 minutes ago. Oh no. On Instagram. What did he say now? He posted her thing and then he wrote, what do you mean by main provider? America saw you try to kidnap my daughter on her birthday by not providing the address. You put security on me inside of the house to play with my son, then accused me of stealing. I had to take a drug test after Chicago's party because you accused me of being on drugs. Tracy Romulus stopped manipulating Kim to be this way. I don't know. Is that her lawyer? I don't know. But now it's getting rough. Everybody needs to put the fucking phone down. Yeah, it's getting rough. It's getting rough. Um, And also... Didn't the new Kardashians show start on Hulu this week? Stop it. Did it? I think so. Shut the fuck up. You guys, it's NFTs all over again. (laughs) We are being manipulated. We are being manipulated. That is such fucking bullshit. I don't trust anyone. Everything is a manipulation. (laughs) Fuck! Fuck! Okay. Here's what I will say. The a generous interpretation is that um the Kardashians new show is starting on Hulu. Um and maybe tensions are very high in the Kardashian West. That's a generous that is a generous Yeah. Yeah. You are very oh, when Birdie was a baby, remember that video? I've posted it so many times. Pandas are generous, <laughs> generous, 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 and they're wise. Generous oh my and gosh. wise. <laughs> you are generous and wise. Um, I'm okay, well, anyway, let's move on from that because I just like, ugh, I can't. It's, it's a lot. And, and like, by the way, there are lovely kids at the center of all of this. So it's like, again, it's pop culture, but it's also real life people with problems yeah rich people problems but there are also little kids that don't know from anything except for the life that they're living and like northwest very fair northwest is so cute she's eight she just got braces 
And like her TikToks are cute. So I don't know. I and don't honestly, know. yeah, North and Crickies are the same age. Now, Cricket does not have a TikTok, but I, it's not to say that I wouldn't allow Cricket to. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, this is, I think that any way you want to uh, help your kids navigate social media is up to you. And especially if you're a person in the public sphere, like, however you see best to help your kids navigate what that is yeah is totally chill with me yeah I okay wait but so guys what are we gonna do about the burning books and these like rallies and the misinformation and um what are we gonna do um are we sending people are are you there god it's me margaret this is my controversial it, take on burning books. It's the same mm-hmm. as like burning your fucking what if people burned? Like when Bras? Yeah, I mean no, but like what if like conservatives <laughs> burned? Like didn't they like throw away their Keurigs or something? Their Keurig coffee makers? I don't know. What am I thinking of? Like Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is already purchased. You know what I mean? And to me, there is nothing there's no better commercial to a kid in argument of reading a book than telling Mm. them that a book is so Mm -hmm. uh, taboo that you have to burn it. Like, I just think like (sighs) it's fucking crazy, but like you can't, I guess, stop someone from burning a physical thing that they own. Now, if, I don't know, like if authors are starting to be threatened or whatever, that's another thing. But like, it's just, I don't know. How do you stop someone from burning a book if they want to burn a book? It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's just more I am concerned about the state of education and information in this current climate. And like that... um, Stupid is as stupid does. I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird, right? Because we're kind of like at an impasse, right? Mm, Where we're like, mm, mm -hmm. what is the, it's like, again, and not to keep continually going back to Joe Rogan, because now every time an artist pulls their music off of Spotify, because I said, I don't really think that's an effective protest. Mm -hmm. um, People have to send me, you know, that, that so-and-so pulled their music off of Spotify. And I'm like, yes. I un- I want to say this once and for all, and I hope that people understand because maybe I haven't been clear the past two times I've talked about it. Yes, artists that I like, that I think are wonderful people and very courageous and brave, it's great if they want to pull their music off of Spotify. It's great. That's, that is their right, that they wouldn't want to be associated with this company that is doing something that they don't believe in. Okay, got it. Still, two things can be true at one time. I don't believe. What? Is that true? true? I don't believe. Two things? I don't believe that that is necessarily an effective protest against Spotify. And here is why I don't believe that. Because as we've said a million times, the so far the 
artists who are pulling their music, they don't do a lot of business on Spotify. So it doesn't matter to Spotify's bottom line that much. The only thing that's going to make a difference is if their stock plummets, is if everyone cancels their subscriptions. But here is the thing. And all of that happening, that would be interesting and like not necessarily unjustified, whatever. But here's what I keep telling people. No matter how many Neil Youngs leave Spotify, Spotify still has sort of come out and said, we're sticking with Joe. And Joe has said, I'm sorry, Spotify's going through all this shit because of me, but I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing. But even if Spotify tomorrow, if say like Taylor Swift was like, I command all of my fans to cancel. Or as we said, or K-pop kids or the K-pop kids. Exactly. Which is not being led to my knowledge by any K-pop group. It's the fans on their own. Mm -hmm. So if, if someone could mount an effective enough and big enough protest to where Spotify felt it, on their bottom line and they were like, okay, going forward, we hear you. We're not doing business with Joe Rogan anymore. Joe Rogan, A, still has the $100 million that Spotify paid him in the first place. Sure. And B, he will just start doing that podcast somewhere else, perhaps independently, like you and I do our podcast where there are no bosses to fire us. We can only fire ourselves. And, and he might even get a bigger audience if it became free to listen to without a subscription, if there was no barrier to entry. So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is what is more important to me to think about, like good for everyone that's doing a protest. I applaud them. I love a lot of them. I don't think it will necessarily change things, but I am thinking a lot about who are the people listening to Joe Rogan and what is the reason that they are and are we at an impasse with those folks or can we communicate and like get each, you know, get the truth? Like, can we get information? Can we get people on board so that we're all acting as one? And it's like, you know, it's scary because that is a very, very popular show, you know? And, and, uh, and it seems to, you know, just like, they're saying what they're saying on the show, but then I think like it's being taken in whole other directions by people, you know, who are getting this misinformation. I just don't know. I just don't know. It's, it's a very powerful wave and it's days like this where I'm like, are we at an impasse? Are we living in two separate countries in this country? That's what it feels like. And it feels like, like almost like when I say, are we moving to Sweden? It's like, is there another option? Like, right. can we, like, where, what could we do? Is it going to become California's, you know, seeds from the union or whatever? Yeah. I mean, well, I think that blue states typically never threaten that. I think red states are the ones that often threaten. Like, I know, we're gonna... but like, imagine what we could do. Well, by the way, this is totally <laughs> like that cult. The that show. Remember when we used to watch documentaries, Just guys, in the beginning of the sh- pandemic? Yes, yes. Um, what was that show? Mark Duplass was one of the producers on it. Oh, um, and it was about like the utopian something stuff, country, the Pacific Northwest. 
Yeah, I want to say No Country for Old Men, but that's that's what that I was gonna all. say. <laughs> it's like Wild Country. Wild, it's Wild country. country, right? Maybe. Isn't it Wild Country? Yeah. Um, Let's say yes. But anyway, like, kind of like in that early part of the documentary when people are talking about living there, they're like, it was amazing. Like everything was, it was so great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that people need to understand like this is all an experiment, right? Yeah. And so we're in the middle of an experiment. And I think that that's a thing I need to remember as well, which is that like, I do have, we all have roles to play in this experiment. Right. And And we can choose to be as participatory as we would like. Yes. Yes. That this is something that I've said to a lot of people in my life lately who have been like, you know, well, again, like they're, they're like, you know, you'll see someone, they're looking at their phone and then they're like, oh, uh, making noises to themselves. And you're like, what, what is it that's upsetting you? And they're like, well, such and such is happening. Like with, you know, Biden said that Mitch McConnell's like a good guy or whatever the fuck or, you know, like who knows. And they're, but I'm like, okay, but like, what are we doing about it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what I always, because I'm not saying like, I'm not saying you don't have a right to complain if you don't do anything about it. I'm just saying you, it doesn't feel good to complain if you're not doing anything about, you know what I mean? Not for me anyway. Like it just, it doesn't feel good just to feel powerless. So I always have to feel like I'm doing something, but then the problem comes when you're like, is what I'm doing actually effective? And so I've also been deep into the analysis of whether or not the choices that I'm making about how to use my time and energy are effective. And so sometimes, you know. This is bringing me back again to what I was going to talk to you about anyway, which was that, Last night at work, we were there. It was such an intensely long day of work, you know, because it was just this big thing. Yeah. But the girls and I had a huge chunk of time in one, like, sort of small backstage dressing room together, which is normally not what happens when you do a thing. You, like, go to your trailer, you go to your room, and you have, like, your own downtime. But we were, like, sharing a space because that's just... Because, you know, we're pop stars, and that's just what you do. (laughs) When you're performing. Anyway, but we like talked about a ton of things and like, you know, just in the way that you do when you're like hanging out with people. Yeah. Um, And I was like on one because I kind of have been. Yeah. Back to like our original post busy tonight sort of idea and what we wanted to do. Yes. And then it all fell apart because we were like going to have this big meeting March, whatever. And then we like kind of 15th, 16th, 16th, 2020. (laughs) And then we kind of like half-heartedly tried to put it back together, but things had just shifted. We had changed. Everything was like off. Everything was weird. Yeah. The world was traumatized. I don't know. Guys, I don't know if you remember. (laughs) When we all thought we were going to die. The the past two years have been real hard. Yeah. I mean, like, but I last night went on this whole fucking tangent and Renee was looking at me and she was like, that's why aren't you guys doing that? Why aren't you doing that? You need to be doing that. 
And I was like, I think I might be ready. I think I have an idea. And then it was just like, I don't know. I just and then felt you had to go sing, but you had an epiphany. I had to go sing. You I had, had to go epiphany. sing, but I did have an epiphany because part of the epiphany and part of what Casey and I felt so strongly about, we've talked about it a bit on this podcast before. We've talked about it a bit. I've talked about it in interviews. I think Casey's talked about it in interviews, but I really do feel so strongly that the way that we can really create effective change is through well, content, <laughs> pop culture, pop yeah. culture, content, yeah. content. It's content yeah. guys. It all comes down to content, but, but, but beyond that, like content that everyone that's accessible to everyone. Cause even Spotify, you can listen to Joe Rogan if you don't pay for the subscription. Right. You have to just listen to ads. Right. Yeah. It just takes longer. Which they get a, an incredible amount of money for. Sure. Not, sure. not what we're getting for this, which is nothing because this is an emergency <laughs> this is podcast. An emergency ad-free podcast. I want to say a couple things. I want to say, and I laughingly said, remember back when we thought we were all going to die. It's not funny. The The pandemic is not funny <laughs> at all. But I do want to say, like, with regards to, like, our plans changing and the rug being yanked out from every fucking person, I just want everyone who's here listening to remember, well, I don't know if I want you to remember back, but I often remember back to that time when they, when we were first hearing about the coronavirus mm. and we were first... Like, is it safe to go to work? Is it safe to send our kids to school? Is it? And I just remember spending 7, 14, 21, maybe 28 nights in like sleepless nights in my bed thinking like, is this the last night that like we will be alive? Like, will the world, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I remember turning on my turning on my faucets and being like, what if the, what if we don't have water? What if the electrical grid goes down? What, because we were being told all of these things, like we're not going to be able to get busy like making coffee or something. You we're guys know the soup, the soup. I wasn't paying attention and the now lentils burned. Well, honestly, maybe Rafi's lentil stew is, is a disaster. It, it burned. We let it burn because we were talking too much. But, um, you know, I just remember thinking that. And so like, that's one thing that I think that we're not fully acknowledging when we're like, oh, we had so many plans and we let it go. Or we put these plans on hold. We were fucking, it was like a last man on earth, like apocalyptic, like a well, movie. Well, not just yeah, well, hundred percent was like a movie, right? And not just, not only that. I mean, you know, I described to you my week before the shutdown. I mean, Casey knows this. Today. I don't know if I ever talked about it on this podcast because why would I? Like we all, but my last week before the lockdown was I kept swear to God, you guys thought I was in the first fucking ten minutes of a disaster movie because I had traveled to the East Coast, right? First for a commercial job, like where I did that underwear campaign. Um, I was going to say something about my body and I just, I don't need to comment about my body. No, you don't. I need to stop. Yeah. Shh, busy. Okay. But the underwear campaign and then 
went down to D.C. for the Supreme Court rally. Right. One of the, the like, first sort of big sort of swells at the Supreme Court of, like, this is, shit's about to go down because uh, Kavanaugh was there. Right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um. So went down and I spoke at that rally and then became, like, a target for alt-right people for a period of time and then took the train back to New York. I was here and then I had a choice. I was here working and then I had a choice to either fly back to LA and then come back with you for that meeting. Right. Or I was like, or I could just stay through. But since I'd already been gone from the kids for 10 days, I was like, I can't, that's the longest I've ever been gone from them. I was like, I should come back. But I already was like, I was walking around the city. I was one of the only people wearing a mask. Yeah. And because I just had this fucking bad sinking feeling like that this shit was about to go down. And I had to get out. And when I was on the plane coming back, like, people were like rolling their eyes at me with the mask and yeah. the whole, like, you know, for wearing a mask and people were so mean to me online. I posted like a selfie wearing a mask and people were like, you're an idiot. What's right. nothing's happening. Anyway, right. right. it was, but I remember walking through Soho and like Washington square park and it was bright and sunny and beautiful out and people were like playing and it was all like, and I, felt like, well, here we are. I'm Kate Winslet and this is the first 10 minutes of this movie. And like, I'm about, like, it's about to go down. And it did. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is all to say that we have been so lucky. We have made it so through lucky. this to this all of point. Us. Yes. All of us here listening to this, we've made it through to this point, but we have been fucking traumatized. And our children have been as well. And our children have been traumatized. And then when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, fuck. I lived through 9-11 in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I've lived through, like, natural disasters. So, Mm -hmm. like, I just want, you know, anyone who had any plans in March of 2020 to do anything and it didn't pan out, or if anything that you were working on or whatever in the intervening time between then and now, it fell apart and you're in some way blaming yourself or your motivation or just any fucking thing, you have been traumatized. And by the way, this all came at the end of like four years of like daily trauma that a lot of us felt. Like just from what was happening. Beyond. Yeah, beyond. Yes. So just, I just want to say that like, you know what, if we're ready to do it now, I'm ready to do it now. But I also 100% don't blame us for just being like stunned, like one of those cold stunned alligators in Florida. I was going to say, yeah, like a, like a stunned fish, like a carp, like a fish that gets like smacked in the face on accident and then is just like. You guys can't see my face. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good fish. That was impression. a very good carp impression. Anyway, my point is to, to all to. Yes, I'm echoing your sentiments, and I'm yes anding you. That's what we do a lot of. We yes yeah, and yes each other. And. It's, it's not the first rule improv. of improv. <laughs> um, but I didn't even get into the fucking Sean Penn. 
Oh my lord. That just doesn't even make a damn bit of sense what Sean Penn said. I do want to say He's... one thing about uh, Okay, let's talk about Sean Penn and then I have like an important <sighs> such an idiot. Um an important point that I want to make about what we want to do with our <laughs> lives. Sean Penn what? What, Sean Penn said that like what? He's in a club. Oh god, the quote is so fucking insane. He was doing an interview with The Independent where his daughter, Dylan, who's like in this movie that he directed, was in the interview with him. Yeah. And he said, like, (laughs) he like doubled down in an interview with The Independent on his belief that, quote, men have become quite feminized. The two-time Oscar winner... Garnered. This is from Variety. Headlines earlier this month after telling one newspaper, I am in the club that believes that men in America, in American culture, have become wildly feminized. I don't think that being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women is anything to do with masculinity or ever did. But I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. This is like, a wild quote to begin with. Are you on Coke, sir, at this moment when you give this quote? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Secondly, so then when asked by the independent to clarify those comments, which are fucking insane to begin with. Yeah. Truly wild. Whoever also, said men have also, to become women. No one has ever fucking said that. But you know what they told me when I wanted to do a late night talk show? You better wear a fucking suit. Right. Right. <laughs> And Amber Ruffin has an amazing fucking show and she definitely wears suits. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? Like women have been expected to act as men in order to like be in business. Right. To be in Amber said that that, Amber told us that that was a choice that she intentionally made because she didn't want anyone to. Yes. She didn't even talk about her wardrobe or her clothes or her clothing choices. But I have bad news for her. Her, Those suits are so cute and she looks so cute in them. Too cute. Too cute. Sometimes we do talk about it. Also the like bolo ties. ties I can't. The ties are too cute. They're too cute. This isn't about, I'm just saying. Right. Hi, little ducky. Wait, my duck's home. Oh, Um, hi, hi, Craig. Oh my God. Uh, when asked by the end independent to clarify these comments, Sean Penn said, I think that men have, in my view, become quite feminized. I have these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. There are a lot of, I think, cowardly genes that lead people, that lead to people surrendering their genes. Okay. So he said cowardly genes, meaning G-E-N-E-S, the genes, genetics that are in you, the DNA. So he's saying there are a lot of, I think, cowardly genes, genetics, that lead to people surrendering their genes, J-E-A-N-S. Little pun. And putting on a skirt. So he's like equating wearing a skirt with cowardice like a it just doesn't make any sense and (sighs) i think that he is smart enough to know that it like i hope he's reading over this being like oh what the fuck did i say like i don't think he is either i just hope that he would be but like it doesn't make any sense 
And like what you can interpret from it is just fucking insulting. And nobody ever said any of that shit. Also, you know what else you can interpret from it? What? That he's a fucking idiot. (laughs) And, and furthermore, that I am in a club (laughs) that believe that men like him are slowly but surely their beliefs will become extinct, whether it's because they become extinct or because they're actually interested in learning and knowing and doing better. And, uh, and I also think that there are a lot of cowardly genes that cause men to do horrible, horrible fucking things. Yeah. Towards women and children members of children and members of the LGBTQ community and anyone who's not like them and anyone who's not like them and that that's what cowardly jeans does sir yeah wearing a, wearing a skirt wouldn't hurt can i what oh yeah but come here can i have a kiss <laughs> I love you. Uh, uh, wearing a skirt doesn't hurt anyone, but also no. Sean Penn, no one's asking anyone to wear a skirt to make them more comfortable or what. Like, that's just not a thing. It's not a thing. And Strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. Literally, what the fuck are you talking about, sir? Sit the fuck down. Like, by the way, women who love masculine men don't like they that's what is he even women love masculine men there are women who love masculine men everybody loves something it's toxic masculinity that people have a problem with and everyone guess what this is yeah that it's (laughs) i I mean i don't even know if i can categorize it as toxic masculinity it's It's just like idiocy jibber jabber and like it's jibber jabber he really thought he was saying something and he was like oh my god saying 50 percent nothing and 50 percent like just offensive comparisons that don't make a fucking bit of sense to anyone but him and ugh. but Ooh. But here's what Guys, I want to... I got I to gotta end. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah you okay. got to end. I want to tell you I want to tell you one thing. The po- emergency podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we have to end this broadcast of the emergency podcast system. Um, oh, wait. And Gina's eye... Gina does have a slight eye infection. If you were following along online, I got home last night online. Poor jeans. Like <laughs> Poor jeans. <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah, Gina has a little bit of an, ac- of an eye infection, but she's going to be fine. So what I wanted to say was I saw an interesting tweet and I don't know if this is true, but speaking of the BTS army, speaking of Mm. all of the things that we're speaking about, I saw Mm. a tweet from someone that said BTS like gave me my aunt back. Did you see that one? What? No. This person who I think like posted on Reddit or whatever was saying that their aunt was a full blown QAnon believer and was like lost to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then something changed. They noticed a change in her. And what it was, was that this woman, like full, you know, middle-aged auntie woman became a fan of BTS and became like a fan of the, you know, became part of like the BTS army. And 
dropped all of the other stuff and is now just like full BTS army and is like this person's like I got my aunt back like BTS gave me my aunt back and so this is this led me to a thought which I think ties into what you're saying about our ambitions for everything that we're always I think that belonging to something is very powerful and Mm. I think feeling like you don't belong anywhere is dangerous and I think that that is the danger I think that that is what is at the heart of everything that is causing Mm. so this country for so long has Mm. been like good luck you're on your fucking own buddy good luck to you but all any of us want is to fucking belong to something yeah (gasps) Casey you just cracked it (laughs) you did it you (laughs) solved it I mean I think that's you gotta send me some of those mushrooms dude (laughs) it's the solution to everything I think they've done really successful um I think you're right studies where people who are suffering with addiction and are suffering with certain other afflictions what they really need is to have like a support system and they need to belong somewhere. And I think what Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. I think what Mm -hmm. a lot of the alt left is offering to each other is somewhere to belong and something to believe in. And I think that Mm -hmm. where we might have some success is offering people other places to belong where they're not harming, harming themselves and not trying to harm other people. I think well, guys, Casey figured it out. <laughs> and this thus concludes <laughs> this possibly only episode of the might emergency be, podcast. Might be the only but, emergency podcast, but you never know. We're just we trying. We're You'll just have to listen to it out. back, see if we said anything terrible. And then if we did, then we'll have to just, I don't know what we'll have to do. <laughs> Well, again, we're our own bosses, so we're the ones that would have to answer to to each other and ourselves. It's true. And I like to think we would hold ourselves accountable, and I think that we have when we've fucked up in the past. And when we've fucked up in the past, thank you for those of you who have been like, oh, that was kind of fucked up what you said. Here's what I think. And then we've been like, oh, thanks for telling us. You know, that's all it has to be. Totally. You don't need to disappear for two weeks. No, in Unlo- fact, I'd rather you not. Right, unless we said something like, "You should take this medication that's going to allow you to die," and it's definitely the God's honest truth. Like that, for that, I think we should disappear ourselves forever. I agree. Um, <laughs> all right, I gotta go. Okay, talk to you. <laughs> we'll soon. talk about other stuff later. Okay. Offline. Okay. Off, all right. Off of the podcast. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll talk to you guys later. We love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.